questions? When you applied at the University of Tennessee, and uh, they said they did not want that to well, this was actually, I wasn't there and I just got an email about this and I just emailed him back to see if this is just the coal that they actually buy for their power plant, which they have. A lot of universities have little power plants. Virginia Tech has one, I know. University of Tennessee has one, little coal-fired power plants. So I'm not sure if it's just for their power plant or if it's actually from the whole grid. But Appalachian Voices right now is working on something we hope to have available by the summer that's going to be in Google Earth where you can hopefully type in your zip code and figure out how much of your electricity comes from mountaintop removal coal and trace it back to the actual mines and the mountains that were destroyed. So we're working on that right now. Um, and then that would be something that a university could use also to say, hey, you know, we want to make sure our electricity doesn't come from X, Y, and Z. So that, that's a little, that's going to be coming very soon, but that's something for the University of Tennessee I'm actually not sure about. So this just happened like yesterday. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that North Carolina is the state that uh, uses the most mountain mm-hmm. to remove coal. Do you have that broken down, like you get energy progress energy by the different uh, power companies? That's the other thing that we're going to have is all part of the same project that's hopefully going to be coming out in June. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we know the percentage by state right now, and then we, we want to kind of get a finer scale of analysis on that, and that's what we're working on right now. Mm-hmm. Do you have any information about wind power and wind electricity? Uh, and is that helping reduce the amount of coal use in those? We do have, uh, yeah, that's in, in the mountains, that's a controversial issue, and some people believe we should be building windmills in the mountains and some people think that we shouldn't because they you know, harm the views and whatnot. We are working on a project in West Virginia on a mountain that's slated for mountaintop removal and we've done a study that shows that there's commercial wind potential on that mountain. And we also did a study on a nearby mountain that showed that once it was removed, the, commercial, the wind potential went from being commercially viable to not commercially viable. And so we're trying to make the case that if they remove this mountaintop, they will remove the potential for the wind development, which would be jobs forever and energy forever instead of for 10 years. Um, and that's, you know, it's, it's, it's a steep climb, but we're definitely going to see if we can at least save that one mountain by making a case for a different kind of energy use there. Mm-hmm. Are there any place to Yeah, there's a... Uh, we, can, we can go back to our handy... Uh, our handy I Love Mountain site. Um, this is, the Clean Water Protection Act is a bill that would prevent the dumping of mining waste into streams. It wouldn't stop all mountaintop removal, but it would curtail it. And you can go on here, right here, and write a letter. And we're also having a lobby week, May 12th to the 16th in Washington. And if anyone wants to come, it's, you know, we have travel scholarships. We can help you get up there, and you can go talk to members of Congress, and it's a really empowering experience. And you get to go side by side with people from Appalachia who are extremely grateful for all the volunteers who come up and lobby with us. So, Anything else? It strikes me that both waterfowl hunters and bird watchers ought to be really upset about this. Mm-hmm. Waterfowl hunters because undoubtedly those toxic lakes end up poisoning the number of birds that might land there. Mm-hmm. And bird watchers simply from habitat destruction and yep. they number in the millions, mm-hmm. particularly the bird watchers in this country. 
So somehow, you know, excuse me, if you can get your site here, mm-hmm. get that group. That's a good idea. To, you know, sort of get that membership to join your membership. Mm-hmm. That's a good uh, idea. This could explode. Well, you know, that's, I'm thinking of, uh, that Cornell is working on a project called eBird that's, you know, the sort of electronic birding database where people send in all the birds that they see and, you know, it, you know, maybe there would be some sort of an overlap with that or just, to, you know, one of the things that's really been interesting about this is the Go Tell It on the Mountain page the, for the faith community has been one of the most popular parts of the site and it's very moving if you want to go later and read some of the prayers. They're really, really powerful. And, you know, we, you know, putting something in here that sort of appeals to a certain group of people is something that really is, is not hard to do and it seems to, you know, this is a very malleable um, tool and that's, that would be a great addition to it, I think. I think it's definitely, uh, cerulean warbler is a bird that's very affected by mountaintop removal. And I know people have been, there was a petition to list it as an endangered species largely because of mountaintop removal that was declined, but I know people are watching it, so I'll definitely think about ways to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been really uh, uh, perplexed uh, about the opposition to wind power in the mountains. And I don't know what's happening in West Virginia and North Lewisburg and, and uh, certainly North Carolina. Um, and I've always suspected that you know there's some tourist industry types that are that are uh, uh, behind that. But, but I've wondered if there is uh, if you've been able to look at who is who, who is behind the, the anti-wind power in the mountains and, and mm-hmm. if, if the utilities uh, 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 have their bigger roots around any of that. Well, in Ash County, North Carolina, a lot of the advertisements and things that were being taken out about the, there is a wind development proposed there, have actually been the realtors. And, you know, the maybe more generous view, or less cynical view, I guess, is that they're worried about property values and they're worried about their ability to sell real estate. The very cynical view would be that if farmers are able to put windmills on their farms, then maybe they won't have to subdivide them. And you know, that, that would maybe be the more the conspiracy theory floating among some people. Um, but regardless, that's where in terms of the, the funding has been coming from and that for the ads and that has been sort of stirring people up there. But we have been kind of trying to figure out if, if maybe the coal industry or someone else is, is in there at all. And we haven't found anything like that. But I know in West Virginia where the people are concerned about the wind farm, um, that's in an area that doesn't have so much coal. And the people who live in the coal fields really, really want wind farms. So, because it's an alternative to mountaintop removal. Mm-hmm. Maybe one more, and then that one. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I hear an applicant wants to be a judge in West Virginia that the Clean Water Act is not allowing the rock and soil in the valleys. Can you give us a little bit more light view as to what happened there, what's happened since? Mm-hmm. Is it tied to any of the uh, new judicial restraint or judicial dominoes change mm-hmm. by judges, etc.? Um, well, that judge, um, that ruling was overturned in the Fourth Circuit, which is in Richmond, and it's notoriously you know, overturned lots of, of pro-environment decisions. And he basically said the jurisdiction was wrong because there's a state office of surface mining that regulates surface mining. And they have delegated their regulatory authority to 
the state of West Virginia, the state of Kentucky, the state of Virginia. And so he said, you can't sue the federal government. You have to sue the state. And, and so that's a little complicated legally, but basically he, he kind of sent it back. And so it was overturned. And there was just a decision a couple of days ago from another judge who ruled that for these four permits, the big mountaintop removal permits, were illegal because they hadn't adequately considered the impact of burying the streams with the mining waste. And that you know, will be appealed, I'm sure, but for now it stands and it's stopped for the mine. So it's been really convoluted, but because all of these cases have been in West Virginia and the Fourth Circuit is not known to be very environmentally friendly, they've had some problems with you know, getting any of those to stick. So. What are the forests that were on those mountains? They normally uh, just bulldoze them, and sometimes they usually just burn them. They don't even log them because they just want the coal. Sometimes they'll push them off to the side of the valley fills, which they're not supposed to do because it makes them unstable. Because you have wood in there, and then the wood eventually rots and then leaves these holes. Um, but usually, you'll, if, when you fly over the coal fields, you see a lot of smoke, and usually they're just burning, burning the forest. Mm-hmm. What's been the role of the United Mine Workers on in relation to Mount Well, until the like until the 70s, the the strip miners were not allowed into the United Mine Workers because people were afraid that it was automating the mining industry and it would take away jobs. And they lobbied hard and they got into the UMWA. And so now that they're in the United Mine Workers, and so the United Mine Workers are not going to come out against surface mining because the surface miners are part of the union. On the other hand, the union is extremely weak and has the fewest members that it's ever had. And as you've seen from all the mining disasters lately, the vast majority of the underground mines now are not unionized. And what some of the big companies like Massey do is they come in, they buy out the unionized mines, they fire everyone, and then they hire all non-union workers. And so the unions are really struggling, but they are not coming out against mountaintop removal because there's strip miners in the union. Anyone? Thank you, everyone.